0: Starting in Proverbs 18, 21. So today, I just want to spend a few minutes and talk about seeds and pain. Seeds and pain. You know, a dead body is buried and a seed is planted. For one, it's over. And for the other, there's life inside purpose is about to explode out of that seed but they're both in the same situation they're both buried they're both underground and they both had to die seed has to go into the ground and die before it can bring forth fruit the body died too so they're in the same situation but there's life all inside one of them and the other one's done It's over. It's funny how two people can be in the exact same situation and in one of those people are full of life. Two people can experience the loss of a loved one and one of them can be full of life and the other one can be just done. Dead. Falling apart. Don't know how I'm going to ever make it. One has life. One has death. Choose you this day who you will serve. Look at Proverbs 18, 21. It's a familiar verse. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You are eating fruit of the trees that you are planting. That you are creating in your life. You can say it all different ways, but you eat of the fruit that comes off the trees that you planted a long time ago. No, the fruit that you are reaping now, it comes from things that you sowed a long time ago. So, seeds... You know, a a lot of times I I feel like we try to do spiritually and in the kingdom of God, we try to do things like maybe you would, like Malachi would do with schoolwork. Procrastinate and wait until the very last minute, the night before, big things do, and then sit up all night long until 3 a.m. writing a paper. Cram session. Get in as much information as you can. But that doesn't work in the kingdom. That doesn't work with the sowing and reaping seed principle. What would you call a farmer that said, uh oh, it's time for harvest. We need a crop. And so he went out the night before and planted a bunch of seeds and then put heat lamps to be like sunshine and he threw a bunch of water on it and he's like, come on, come on. He's an idiot. And he's going to be hungry. His farm ain't going to do very good this year. Because you're eating from what you sowed last season. Now you're eating off of it now. But here's the problem. Sometimes we go through different seasons in life. Life is different seasons. We're going to read a verse that tells us that in just a minute. But life is all different seasons. And so you'll go through seasons in life where you're reaping. Where you've got plenty. But guess what? you got to remember... That when that that farmer reaps, he brings in all the crops, he has to turn around and use some of that as seed to replant. Because if you don't replant or re-sow, you're going to eat up all of your harvest. And it's going to become waste. And what? Just like in a natural. You're going to get real big if you eat it all up. It's going to all become about you. Selfish self, and you're going to have a bunch of waste, a bunch of poop. Well, maybe it's because you're eating all your seed instead of planting. Well, my life's full of nothing but manure. And it's probably because you ate all your seed. You didn't give any away. You didn't help anybody. You didn't, and I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about your life, your time, your talents, your treasure, who you are, what you do with your life. Your seed, what seeds you choose to plant. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. One is buried and one is planted. Both had to die. Every day you are planting seeds. Whether you know it or not, every single day, everyone under the sound of my voice is planting seeds. You are. Good seeds, bad seeds, but you're planting something. You're planting seeds with your finances. You're planting seeds in your marriage. You're planting seeds into your children. The words you say and the things you do and the things they see you do, the example that you set, you're you're planting seeds. Planting seeds for your future. Planting seeds in your relationships. So start thinking about the seeds that you're sowing in your life. Just think about it, a real honest look into yourself. What kind of seeds do I sow on a daily basis? What do I spend my money on? What do I spend my time on? What are the things that I say? What what seeds am I sowing? You reap what you sow. We can all agree on that. Even non-Christians will agree. You reap what you sow. It's a biblical principle, but everybody will agree with you on that one. True, you reap what you sow. You plant apples, you get apples. You, you reap what you sow. So, But what we fail to remember is you reap what you sow more than you sow, later than you sow. Well, I don't understand. This thing don't work. pastor told me I'd be blessed if I tithed and gave 10% of my income, and I gave 10% of my income, and my finances are still jacked up. Well, keep on doing it. You reap what you sow later than you sow. More than you sow. It's not a one-time deal. The farmer doesn't plant one piece of corn and then reap off of it for the rest of his life. That was a good harvest. Good, keep planting. Remember, Paul told Timothy, be ready in and out of season. There'll be times in your life when you're out of season. It's not my season to reap, but I'm still supposed to be ready. I'm still supposed to be planting and ready so that when the time comes, I got it. I got life. I'm ready. I know Jesse's favorite thing, at, um, occasionally, it probably our favorite restaurant would be Longhorn if we could just pick. But we don't get to go very often because, you know, when you got us two, if we were to take the, the boys to Longhorn we'd probably spend $150 for one meal. So, you know, but occasionally when we do get to go to Longhorn, Jesse loves that corn that they have for one of the sides. And she'll ask them. And you know what they say most of the time? I'm so sorry, ma'am. It's out of season. Out of season. So she puts her hope in the future for when that corn is in season. And she goes with asparagus or something else or whatever. But there will be times in life when we're, we're out of season. We're not reaping. We're not bringing in maybe what we want. Maybe we're not getting the harvest that we want right now. Maybe life's not dealing us the cards that we want. That's okay. Paul told Timothy, it's all right. You'll be out of season sometimes. Be ready. Be prepared. Keep sowing seed. Keep planting. Be ready in and out. You reap what you sow more than you sow, later than you sow. It's just a tough season right now. I got nothing to give. I've been hurt. I'm bitter. Well, at least you realize it. It's the first step. I don't understand this season. Maybe you're there. You have been there? I've been in a lot of seasons in my life that I didn't understand. Couldn't figure out. What? Why is this happening? We all go through pain. We all go through stuff in life. And I started out, I had a whole list of scriptures I was going to read you where the Bible just lets us know and confirms that we're all going to go through pain. Suffering and heartache and trial. And So I narrowed it down and we're just going to look at one of them because it got really, got kind of depressed as I read them in my office and I didn't want to take you all down that road. Because so, it just pretty much guarantees you And backs it up with the Bible that you're going to go through pain. You're going to have heartache and sorrow and hurt and loss and experience death of loved ones and pets. And people are going to break your heart and you're going to get diseases. And you're, I mean, it's going to happen. So we'll just look at one. John 16, 33. Jesus. Jesus said this one. These things I have spoken unto you that you might have peace. Good, we want peace. I want peace. Thanks, Jesus. You might have peace. In this world, you shall have tribulation. That's trouble, trials, hard times, pain. Thanks, Jesus. In this world, you'll have trouble, you'll have pain, you'll have tribulation, you'll have hard times. But be of good cheer or have joy. Be happy. Jesus, in trouble and hard times and trial and pain, you're telling me to be happy and have peace. Like you're telling me these things so I can have peace and be of good cheer. Be joyful. Be happy. Yeah, that's what I was talking about a minute ago. Two people in the same situation. One of them's good. Not not that you don't have sorrow or you don't mourn or that it doesn't hurt but you have life it's a seed you learn from your pain you grow from your pain you don't get stuck in it you keep moving forward it's what Paul was talking about when he said I forget the past I don't have it all together but one thing I do is forget what's behind me and I keep moving forward I keep growing I let God teach me I I keep moving forward Be of good cheer. Why? Because I've overcome the world, Jesus said. Don't worry. I already beat it. I set you an example. I've already overcome the world. You'll have pain. You're going to have some physical pain. Your back's going to get hurt. Nate. All of us. <laughs> we, we go through physical pain. I think everybody in this room has probably been through some kind of physical pain. Even the little kids. Lexi's been spanked. Maybe. I don't know that. Maybe. I've never spanked her, but maybe her parents have. We've all gone through some type of physical pain. We all go through mental pain. We go through emotional pain. We've experienced heartbreak. We've experienced death. Some of us on greater levels than others. We've we've experienced loss failure, the pain of failure. And it's okay. There's two things I know. Actually, there's more than two things that I know. I know a lot of things that I like to think. Until Jesse shows me that they were wrong. But I know a lot of things. But two things I'm sure of in my 36 years of existence One, you will have pain. Pain is going to happen. Two, it will change you. Pain changes you. But only you choose how it will change you. You're going to have pain. The pain is going to change you. But you get to choose how it will change you. You can come out stronger or weaker. You can come out bitter or better. You can come out positive or negative. You can come out still generous, sowing seed, or stingy. Ain't nobody ever going to take nothing from me again. I guess I ain't going to give up. You choose how you will come out of pain. You're going to change. CS Lewis said suffering is God's megaphone. Sometimes that's how he's he's got to get our attention in our pain. Why? Cuz we're looking for him, we're desperate, we're hurting. We'll actually open our ears. And listen, he's talking to us all the time. In our pain. Ever seen somebody getting dressed up to go ride some rollerblades? When I was a kid, when you wanted to go ride rollerblades, you just needed a pair of rollerblades. That's it. may also explain why we got injured all the time. (laughs) But... Nowadays, when you want to ride rollerblades, you're supposed to have a helmet and elbow pads and knee pads and shin guards and some kind of forearm guards and a pad to wrap around your whole entire body so that you make sure you don't get hurt. You avoid pain. And it produces horrible rollerblade riders. You don't know, it's supposed to hurt when you hit the concrete. That's a design. That was on purpose. Why so you don't fall and hit the concrete. If it didn't hurt, you'd fall all the time. You won't care if you fell. That's what makes you a good rollerblader. That's the incentive to be good is if you're not good, it hurts. So you stay upright. You learn from pain. I was going to talk about slides, but I'll. let's move on. Falling on concrete is supposed to hurt. That's your incentive to stay upright. If it didn't hurt, you'd never get good. See, we've all done dumb things. That's how we learn not to do dumb things. It's by doing those dumb things. We realize, hey, that didn't work. The purpose of life in Christianity is not to avoid pain. A lot of of people think that. Oh, well, if I get saved, maybe I can avoid pain and God will prosper me and I'll be blessed and not stressed. Well, that's not the purpose of Christianity. It's not to avoid pain. It's not that God will just take away every hurt. God will take away every trial and tribulation. No. If so, why wouldn't he have done it for Jesus? Jesus had to walk through all kind of pain. He was tempted with every sin, every temptation known to man. So he had to walk through that. He had to learn obedience, how through the things that he suffered. What does that tell you? It's a process. It's a seed. It's those little things that got him ready for the cross. That's why it took 33 years. Why didn't he just get crucified right after he was born as a five year old kid? He wasn't ready. He had to learn, learn obedience through the things which he suffered, and then he went through great pain. So, why, if Jesus, our leader, our example, God's son, had to go through pain, why would we think we don't have to? What are you saying, Pastor? saying you will have pain get something out of it walk through it don't get stuck you can still have joy and peace as you're walking through in the midst get something for your pain Psalm 126 verse 5 so we looked at this one a few weeks ago um they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. When you're in tears, when you're broken down, when you're in pain, you keep sowing. You're in tears still sowing, and then reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Don't get stuck in your pain. Don't stop sowing. Don't get stingy. Don't close up. Don't isolate yourself in the midst of pain. Because you'll get stuck. And you'll look around and you'll your life will pass you by. You'll never do the great things that God has for you. Even in tears, keep sowing seed. Even in pain, plant life. Even if you're broke, give. It's a seed. Look at Mark 4. Mark 4, 13 and 14. Look what else Jesus has to say? So this is, Mark 4 is where um, Jesus just gave the, par- the parable of the sower and the seed. And so he's telling them about the sower and the seed, and some seed falls on stony ground, and it'll bring forth 30, 60, and 100-fold, that parable that we all know. Jesus gets done telling it, and then the 12 disciples, once they get him alone, they're like, yeah, good story, good message, bro. And then once they get him alone from the crowd, they say, Jesus, what are you talking about? What'd that mean? And Jesus said... uh In verse 11, he tells them this is the mystery of the kingdom of God. Look at verse 13. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? Did you not understand that? Know ye not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? The sower soweth the word. Jesus said, guys, if you don't get this, you'll miss it all. The principle of the seed He said, if you don't get this parable, you're not going to get any of the parables. Like, this is what it's about. Look at um, Matthew 13, 31. Look what Jesus said. Another story. God's kingdom is like a pine nut that a farmer plants. It is quite small as, as seeds go. But in the course of years, it grows into a huge pine tree. And eagles build nests in it. Another story. God's kingdom is like yeast that a woman works into the dough for dozens of loaves of barley bread. And waits while the dough rises. All Jesus did that day was tell stories. A long storytelling afternoon. His storytelling fulfilled the prophets prophecy. I will open my mouth and tell stories. I will bring out into the open things hidden since the world's first day. So here Jesus said God's kingdom is like a seed. This said a message that I just read it out of said like a pine nut. Um, King James says like a mustard seed. God's kingdom is like a seed. But see, we want fruit. God, I want fruit. And God hands us a seed. I'm like, God, but I I said I wanted fruit. Hey, God, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, kind. I want that stuff in my life. I need that stuff that I can give to other people. And and if I want to make a difference in the world and in the kingdom, God, I need fruit. And God's like, okay, cool, here's a seed. That's how the kingdom works. The kingdom of God is like a seed, Jesus said. If you miss this point, you miss it all. If you miss this point, everything else is useless in the kingdom. why? Because you're not going to grow fruit. You will despise the day of small beginnings. That's how Zechariah put it. You'll despise the seed because it's small. We want big, not small. In the garden, God made full-grown trees and put them there. And He made full-grown animals. And He put them there and He made full-grown people. And plants and everything at creation. And inside of all of that, He put seeds Never again did he make full-grown stuff. He said, now you have the ability to create. The seeds that are in you produce more. If we need more apple trees, God doesn't come down and create more trees. They have to be planted and grown. He put the seeds inside Genesis 8.22. We're almost done, believe it or not. Genesis 8, 22. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. Seed time and harvest. Seed time harvest. It's the seasons we all go through. Maybe you're planting like crazy right now. Maybe you're in time. Or harvest. When you when you reap, plant some more. Get ready for the next harvest. seed time and harvest you know I was thinking about it now. God places things on the inside of us and seeds and like I was thinking about my kids and all three of my kids came from me I'm their father and they're all three white kids Caucasians All three of them. Why? Because their DNA was in their father. They came from me. You don't plant apples and then sit there and pray for peaches. It's a waste of time. It produces after its own. But how many times in life are we sitting here praying for things but last season we didn't plant those things? We sit here and pray for God to give us a breakthrough but we've not been planting those seeds in the previous season. And God can do a miracle and God can come through but most of the time, it's reaping and sowing. Your life or your fruit is the manifestation of the seeds that you have sown. That's a hard word for some people. My life is a manifestation of the fruits that I've sown? Yep. Your marriage is a manifestation of the fruit that you've sown. The seeds that you've put in. You know, I can pray and I can fast and I can diligently seek God and pray that my yard would be sod and run out there and plant poke salad every day. And guess what? My yard ain't going to be sod but I spent time I anointed it with oil I fasted for a month and the whole time as soon as you got done fasting you ran out there and planted poke salad that sounds ridiculous sounds like a lot of Christians what are you planting did I not Hmm. I had an example I was going to use and I must have left it in my office. I had an apple in there and a knife which I was going to take and cut open for you and show you the seeds in the apple. You've probably all cut open an apple before. You know what it would look like. There's seeds in the apple. Dr. Robert Schuler says you can count the seeds in an apple, but you can't count the apples in a seed. And we could cut that apple. I got my office in there. We can cut it open, and we can sit here and count the seeds, and there might be 15 seeds in there, but we can count them. But you can take one of those little bitty, slimy apple seeds that you can pop out of that apple... And you can't count the apples that could be in that seed. If it is planted and cared for and time and you wait on the harvest and it can grow a tree that can produce hundreds of apples. And those apples that come off of that tree have seeds in them that can grow more trees. You can never count the apples that are in a seed. You want the apple I want the apple. God, we want the big. God, we want the juicy. God, we want the fruit. I want fruit. I want the seed. Ain't no good. It's slimy. It's not, it's bitter. It doesn't taste good. It's not like see a seed. Bye. We don't want the seed. We want the apple. We value the apple. We're jealous of people that have a whole bunch of apples. Look at my fruit. Look at all his fruit. Look at all her fruit. I wish I got the good breaks he did. Every deed is a seed. You want the apple, but you don't see the value in a seed. In your everyday small little decisions. That's where you get the apples. It's the small things, it's the baby steps, it's those moments that seem insignificant. Well, what's a 30-minute marriage counseling session gonna do when we've been fighting for 10 years? Probably nothing, the first one. It's a seed. Maybe after about six or eight of them, you'll start to communicate a little bit better and you won't fight so much the next week. Oh, trees coming up. Don't stop sowing seeds. Keep sowing. Don't despise the small things, the the little seed. Keep on. You know, God told the children of Israel um, when He was giving them the promised land, And I think it's so interesting that he tells them, I'm not going to give you all of it at once. You're going to have to take it little by little. You're going to have to fight for it and take it. But I could just go and suck the breath out of everybody in the land and they'd just all fall over dead and y'all would have it all. But then God said, uh, but I can't do that because wild animals would take over and live in all the houses and you, you wouldn't be able to handle it. Why? Because they weren't ready to handle what he had for them. It was in the planting and the growing and the waiting and the fighting and the taking and the, that prepares you for what he has. So we all want our destiny and we want this big God thing that, that God has for our lives. But we don't want to go through the process that's going to make us strong enough to handle the thing He has for us. That's why if you look up the statistics on people that win the lottery, that hit like over a million dollars in the lottery, most of them are broke within a few years. A lot of them are in worse shape after winning the lottery than they were before. Why? Because they can't handle it. If God gave you right now everything that he has for you and gave you the life that you so long for, and it would destroy you. You're not ready. You've not planted the seeds. You've not prepared yourself. You can't take it all at once. No, Jesse, we've had three kids. Sky was the biggest. He was almost 12 pounds when he was born. 11 and a half. Okay. That's a big old baby. Now do you know if Jesse would have gotten pregnant and then birthed him the next day, it would have killed her. She'd no longer be with us. because she had to get prepared. Her body had to morph. You're welcome, Sky, from your mom. Her body had to change and adjust and morph and she had to go through some some physical changes and her emotions and her hormones and she had to get mentally prepared and her body had to slowly stretch to hold that big old baby. God couldn't just give it to her. His plan was to give us a giant baby. But it took her some months to prepare. To be able to handle it. To get ready. God's not just going to dump it on you. He's going to walk you through the process. But if you want to get stuck in your pain. You don't want to plant those seeds. And you want to despise the small things then you can get stuck and you'll never get what God has for you. God, I want a million bucks. You can't handle $300. God, I need a wife. He's like, you can't even be a good friend. Like it's funny, but it's we all do it in our own little areas. Our own little spot. TD Jakes um, said that we all want the oak table and God gives us trees. And I was thinking about that in this message and, uh, I got some acorns here, and I got this awesome oak table that Levi built down here, and like we all look at the table, we look at this thing that we want, and God, how awesome it will be, this ministry, this table, this family, these kids, this, wow, the oak table is awesome, God, give me the oak table, and then God will even drop a dream A big dream, a big vision into our heart or our mind of me sitting on my oak table. God, you said it was mine. God, you even gave me a vision of me sitting on it. Where's it at? And God's like, here you go. An acorn? Cool. Where's my table? God, where's my table? Oh, Lord, I'm sick and tired of waiting on this table. Let me go look up some Bible verses about waiting on the Lord. It's the hardest time of my life. They that wait upon the Lord, they that wait upon the Lord. Now, where's my table? I'm waiting on God. God's like, You're not waiting on me. Here's another acorn. You need to plant. You need to watch an oak tree grow. You need to cut the oak tree down. You need to mill it. You need to sand it. You need to put it together. You need to stain it. You can create the table, the life, the marriage, the dream, the vision, the ministry. It is inside of you to create because you are created in His image. So He gives you the seed. He gives you the acorn. He gives you the big dream and the big vision. And then He says, Go for it. Plan it. Why, God? You're all powerful. You could just give me the table. Yeah, and you can't handle the table. What's going to prepare you to be able to handle the table and still have life and joy and still be able to build more tables is the process of planting the acorn and learning to trust and waiting. And as the tree grows, chopping the tree down, the strength, the knowledge that you will have to acquire to know how to build the table. That's what's preparing you to be the father of this great table. And God hands us acorns. Cool good acorn thanks God there's a lot in that acorn it's okay to dream big but you start small the journey of a thousand miles starts with a step you know how you eat an elephant one bite at a time keep on eating Start small. Don't just sit around praying and dreaming about that big dream that's going to happen one day. Start taking steps towards it. Start planting seeds. Saw somebody put on Facebook that they wish they could drop their body off at the gym and pick it up when it was ready. Yeah, don't we all? I'm just going to take, you're going to have to start taking little steps. To see. My wife's not even attracted to me anymore. Well, brush your teeth. Take a shower. It's steps. It's seeds. Some people don't sow when bad stuff happens. They fall apart. And some people are okay. They thrive. They keep on planting. Matthew 4, Jesus says the kingdom is come. And they're all like, yay, yay. But then he defines the kingdom as a seed. It's not swords like they thought. They didn't come to take over the Roman government and free them from oppression kingdom's a seed and a lot of the Jesus followers missed it I guess what I'm saying to you today is don't miss what God is doing because it's in a seed form don't miss your oak table because you've been handed an acorn Don't lose that relationship because you won't. Do the little things. Plant some seeds. Realize the value of the little things. There's life in there. Let's pray. God, we want to be an impact in the kingdom. In your kingdom. God we want to create. God we want to. Get a vision. Of the future. And then realize that future. Walk it out. God we're planting. We don't want to be stingy. We don't want to sow sparingly. Because then we know we'll reap sparingly. God we're we're listening for you. And then we're going to take a step. And we're going to keep stepping. God, thank you for the big the big dream. And we're going to start small. We're going to do what we can do today. God, we love you. Thanks for speaking to our hearts and our minds. In Jesus name. Amen.